Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include what to look forward to at San Diego's MBA conference this week, part one of my interview with Keller Williams, Scott Agnew, on why the industry is better off now than 2008, and what to look forward to on the economic calendar this week. I'd like to thank this week's podcast sponsor, Richie May, a recognized leader in providing specialized advisory, audit, tax, technology, and other services in the mortgage industry and in banking. To learn more, visit richiemay.com. Words are very interesting and can incite a riot, help someone get through a loss, make up this commentary, and entertain. Every morning, I share my Wordle results with a few friends, comparing who is able to find the five-letter word of the day in the fewest tries. Or for me, you know, I just go on Google and look it up and normally get it. For the most part, Wordle is quick, fun, and mildly entertaining, which is the exact opposite of financing a home, as any borrower or loan originator will tell you. Originate? The origin is inception. Root meaning the point at which something begins its course or existence. Origin applies to the things or persons from which something is ultimately derived, and often to the causes operating before the thing itself comes into being. Eight at the end of originate is a suffix meaning state of quality of, and when added makes an adjective, a verb. Originate, tolerate, stimulate, nominate, dislocate, penetrate, intimidate. There are thousands of words with eight at the end. And as many of us are in or head to San Diego for the MBA's conference, origination volumes, margins, and revenues will certainly be discussed, as will attempting to lessen the friction that each loan goes through during processing and closing. It's important to remember that we've helped millions of families by originating their loans and saved billions of dollars, and will continue to do so. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome to the show Scott Agnew, who's the author of the book Long-Term Leader, and who found his passion in real estate at Keller Williams, evolving into a top-tier business consultant in real estate, spending the majority of his career honing his leadership skills, which have earned him a spot in an exclusive group, the Keller Williams Realty International Master Faculty. As news and opinions can change quickly, pro real estate brokers and agents can allow the uncertainty and subsequent fear of a market correction to build up into drama and angst. It's important for real estate leaders to step into actively managing expectations of what is to come, rather than reactively handling a downward spiral of a chaotic team. So I want to start by asking you, why is the most important skill of leaders to manage yourself? Well, because the energy that you know we show up with is going to be vital to a person's uh you know, to our people's feelings around um, what I call the really the 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 three P's, if you will. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the book that I wrote, but um, I talk about this quite often. And you know, showing up, what I call um, as a leader, showing up in okayness versus not okayness. Um, and I think everybody on the show can relate to that. Uh, if you've ever been in an interaction with your with a boss or a manager, a vendor, even a client who comes who comes across like they're you know having difficulty in their day, um, their you know their their faces scowled, their eyes are narrow, their voices 
you know, loud maybe, or, uh, you know, you get this sense of frustration. Um, and it doesn't have to be a big thing. It can just be a small thing. And when you know somebody is not okay when they're when they're talking to you, uh, it, it can come across sometimes like um, like blame, accusational, in, interro- you know, a little bit of an interrogation and those kind of things. And the goal of the leader is to always have the best information and know what's really going on with their people. And if if the if your folks are feeling or not in a good place because you're inviting them to retaliate <laughs> or to protect themselves, Robbie, you you you're not going to get all the all the information that you need. So showing up, you know, showing up as a leader and having yourself in a good state of mind and being in a place where you are you know, the superpower of total acceptance of what's going on. And when you have a question or you, you know, you're interacting, you're coming, coming across with an energy around, um, you know, the relationship that you want to have with, you know, whoever you're, you know, whoever you're working with. And that relationship is vital because when you have the relationship, um, you're offering them protection. So no matter what the answer no matter what their reply, um, you're making sure that you're going to validate where they're coming from, not agree with them necessarily or disagree, but just validate so that they feel safe. And that's that's a key thing to you know tell you the truth. Um, people have a hard time accepting help. And oftentimes the leader has great answers. They have great solutions. They have great strategies. And many times they might even, you know, have a a person they can refer them to or that can help or, a, a you know, maybe a, a website or maybe it's a, an article that they want them to read and giving them, they have all these solutions. But a lot of leaders struggle because the folks on the other end see themselves, if they're asking for help or support as a sign of weakness or as a sign of ineptitude or as a sign of inadequacy. And the the leader's job is to bring out the fact that, man, anything of great significance is going to be accomplished by people working together and using the collective mind and experience and wisdom, right, of the leader. And also the folks that are on the front line, they've got real life issues, real life experience. And what you see in corporate America and corporate world is a disconnect between what's actually happening on the ground to what the corporate objectives are that are, you know, just the assumptions are made that everybody's just going to fall in line, right, and do these things. Well, a good a good leader has to has to be empathetic, has to show up curious and inquisitive and wants to fully understand what the real issues are. And, you know, a lot of times it does boil down to people being afraid to do something or to say something or to, you know, address an issue in their organization. And a great leader of, you know, managers or somebody that's leading managers or even leading executives, um, you know, is a good coach and can can really help them uh, learn that um, you can ask a tough question, but if you ask it in an okay way, you know, you're not threatening in any way. You're just asking the, you know, asking a great question, and you can you can pull the best out of your people 
when you stay in that level of uh, that that level of uh, demeanor. And so that's what I mean by leading yourself. Uh, I think it's you know it's pretty imperative that you know you 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 know most leaders understand their objectives. They they got the goals. They understand the numbers. All those kind of things are pretty. Those are those are the hard skills, and I think those are just taught. The the more nuanced or the art of leading others uh, revolves around uh, making sure that the leader's message is potent. That when they ask a question, that the uh, you know the, the 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 people have the safety, and they feel like they have uh, been granted. Uh, permission, if you will, to be honest and truthful and to, you know, just lay out the real issues on the table. That takes time. And that that's why leadership isn't, uh, you know, it's not like you can take a pill. You have to build trust. And uh, basically what, you know, the definition of trust is you have comfort, but you have rapport. And the the rapport piece is is the is the key. People can feel comfortable with you, but not necessarily, um, you know, uh, want to tell you what's every what's going on. Or you could have, you know, you can you know match and mirror and that kind of stuff and build rapport. But if you don't offer them protection when they give you an answer, and you don't ask um, permission, if you will. <laughs> to even ask the question, um, your likelihood of getting the real truth and getting to the bottom line is going to be diminished. So that's the goal. That's why a leader needs to stay in a good place themselves and lead themselves. I am familiar with your book, Long-Term Leader, and I'm I'm realizing as I am hearing you speak there, I missed a golden opportunity to give my boss from my day job a copy for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like he could learn a lot. But also, it'd be good for me to to give it another skim through because I'm I'm currently doing a, a remodel at my house. I think I could probably be a better leader for some of some of my workers out here. Yeah, I want to ask you, Scott. When times are uncertain, how does one navigate and lead through uncertain times? Obviously, the mortgage industry right now is is been going through a heck of a time. Yeah, well, you know, one of the one of the one of the issues is you've got to look at you know there's 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 the psychology of things and then there's kind of like the spiritual side or the bigger picture if you will of things and in uncertain times this is when great this is when uh, market shares shift dramatically i remember in 2008 with uh, keller williams the company that i represent and have represented for the last 25 years i remember in 2008 we had, um, you know, everything went backwards, right? Everything contracted, uh, sales contracted, volume contracted, um, you know, closed units, all those kinds of things contracted. And what we concentrated on was we we got ourselves into a very narrow focus, and we became super intentional around the the real wildly important goal, to use a Stephen Covey uh, term. What is the what is the wildly important goal, or what is the narrow focus you need to have as a leader? And when you when you narrowly focus, um, you take you bring certainty back to uncertain times because we can always control our activities, we can always control our effort, 
we can always control our our attitude and our and our our internal value system a lot of times we you know we can't control markets we can't control interest rates we can't control um you know uh banks that all of a sudden you know decide not to lend money to anybody anymore and those kind of things but what we can control is what we focus on and how often we do the activities that we need to do so you know, uh, uh, what's really important is to show up now with great clarity and great focus, and then to stay easy with it, to stay easy and to show up gracefully in the middle of the storm, right? And what happened in 2008 with our company, even though we went backwards in our numbers a little bit, when we came out of the 2008-2009 scenario, we were the number one real estate company on the planet, even though we'd gone backwards. Because what we what we didn't what we didn't realize, or we maybe we did realize it, but we didn't talk about it, was the other companies that weren't as focused as we were went backwards a lot further. So we we minimized our minimized our retraction uh, by staying, you know, really really just um, intentional and on purpose. That's another term I, I love to use on purpose um, around uh, our systems, sticking, making sure we, we we adhered to our model and making sure that we had the very best people in place from a support level to, um, you know, to really serve our client base. And our client base was real estate agents. And so to be able to serve them, we we in turn had to pay that forward, right? With our, you know, if we're narrow focused, we had to teach our agents to be narrow focused, you know, don't hide, don't put your head in the sand, you know, don't, um, you know, watch Fox News all day or get, you know, get hooked on Netflix, whatever it is in the sales world or in the service business world, reach out to your clients, you know, and reach out with the intention of what, what can I do to help my client navigate these uncertain times and continue to educate them in a way, not sell them, but educate them in a way that, uh, you know, it's not time to just stop, you know, buying uh, real estate. It's not time to give up on real estate. In fact, um, you know, if you look back in history, right. And if you were, if you did the opposite of what everybody else did in 2008 and you started really buying instead of selling, um, today you'd look like a genius, right? So we're in that same kind of scenario now. It feels like things are going backwards a little bit. Rates have bumped up. Um, you know, sellers are still hanging on to their price that's still a little bit you know higher than it than the market probably will bear um, over time, and. Uh, you know, our job now is to educate our clients to continue to move forward with real estate because there's a 50-year track record, right? 50-year history of real estate appreciation, you know, in the, you know, six to 7% range over the last 50 years. So, you know, we might hit a little bump, but over the long haul, we know inflation will take care of the appreciation on the home. And we know that, um, this year, we're going to sell probably the, I think uh, NAR came out with 4.5 million homes. Um, even though it's down, it'll be down, you know, a, a nice chunk from last year. Um, 
you got to remember that we did have a year where it was just incredibly active based on the pandemic and the real estate market just basically went crazy. So what we're comparing it to is a little bit of a anomaly, you know, in prior year, in the prior year. And now we're looking at, you know, uh, more of a normalization. And if the if we can help our people have that perspective, then they're not looking at, you know, like, uh, you know, getting being frozen in terms of what they need to do with, uh, you know, just pouring into their clients, right? Giving them valuable information on a regular basis, touching base, making sure that they're there and uh, let making sure that they're providing a safe, <laughs> protected environment where their clients can seek, seek their advice and seek their counsel so that they continue to be that trusted advisor, if you will, and uh, and and not come across as uh, doom and gloom, or you know, uh, on the uh, even worse, like hey, there's no problem at all. Well, there, you know, there's a little bit of a problem, but it's not going to be permanent. And certainly, over the long haul, we know that you know, getting in the game of real estate is is uh, you know is a is a, a fairly, I would say, a fairly safe uh, financial move um, based on you know, uh, a, a long history. Jobs and housing drive our economy, although we learned last week that the U.S. consumer has finally started to slow spending, evidenced by retail sales falling a higher than expected 1.1% in December. November's data was also revised downward. Many have been expecting a pullback in consumer goods spending in the face of dwindling savings and rising consumer credit. But the data also highlighted slowing restaurant sales. Slowing demand led to falling manufacturing output, which saw a 1.3% decline in December. The rest of the economy is starting to feel the effects of the Fed's monetary tightening that the housing market has felt for the last year. However, as the expected end of the Fed's tightening cycle draws near, interest rates have eased from their recent highs, and purchase mortgage applications jumped 25% for the week ending January 13th. Existing home sales ended 2022 at their slowest pace since 2010, and supply remains tight to start the new year. Meanwhile, builder sentiment rose for the first time in 13 months due to lower mortgage rates and material costs. This week's economic calendar includes month-end supply, regional Fed surveys, S&P global PMIs, durable goods orders, the first look at Q4 GDP, and PCE on Friday. Regarding MBS, Class D 48 hours is tomorrow. Today's calendar is relatively light, with the only data point coming later this morning when December leading indicators are released. We begin this five-day work week with agency MBS prices worst few 30 seconds and the 10-year yielding 3.50 after closing last week at 3.48%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. How about some actual medical exams and physician experiences? A man comes into the ER and yells, My wife's going to have her baby in the cab. So I grabbed my stuff, rushed out to the cab, lifted the lady's dress, and began to take off her underwear. Suddenly, I noticed there were several cabs, and I was in the wrong one. <laughs> Thanks again to this week's podcast sponsor, Richie May, a recognized leader in providing specialized advisory, audit, tax, technology, and other services in the mortgage industry and in banking. To learn more, visit richiemay.com. About the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com.
Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcasts from.